This is Pastor Scott. Thank you so much for checking out my sermon podcast from the New Hope Walpolopin Faith, Stairwell, and Slocum United Methodist Churches. We'd love to have you join us some Sunday for worship. To find out more about our locations and worship times, find us on Facebook at New Hope Walpolopin. We hope to see you soon. That was some good singing, by the way. Imagine someone came up to you and asked, can you tell me, what what can you tell me about Jesus? How would you respond? What would you say to them? Now, what if someone came up to you and said, show me about Jesus? See, whether we realize it or not, if we profess faith in Christ and if other people know it, they're watching us. D.L. Moody said that out of 100 men, one will read the Bible. The other 99 will read the Christian. Getting right to the point, what does your life say about your relationship with God? If all someone knew about Jesus was from watching you, what would they think about him? Our scene today actually starts way back in verse 1 of chapter 15. When the Pharisees criticized the disciples for eating without washing their hands. We read, then, then the Pharisees and legal experts came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why are your disciples breaking the elders' rules handed down to us? They don't ritually purify their hands by washing before they eat. Now, if COVID taught us anything, it was the importance of washing our hands and social distancing. I believe what's happening here, and I'm going to be honest, this probably, I have a feeling the disciples, I mean, they were fishermen. I don't think that they were out on boats ritually purifying themselves. I mean, just being around fish in general is not exactly the cleanest thing. If you've ever gone fishing with worms and, and dirt and all of that, it's not the cleanest thing. I remember fishing and we'd pull out, you know, we'd be fishing and then we'd pull out a sandwich and I'd be like, ah, you know. And it's, oh, just go wash your hands in the lake. I'm like, have you seen the lake? Because, I mean... Really. So I have a feeling this wasn't the first time, but but I believe what was happening in this instance was I think that the disciples were more most most likely um, they were among the crowd that, that I kind of have this picture that maybe they'd went from a vendor that was there in the crowd. They were in the town and and bought some bread and maybe were just sort of passing around this loaf of bread. Maybe they were snacking on it. I don't know. But 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 they were they guess they walked along with Jesus. But the, the Pharisees were upset. Because in Judaism, um, and even today, there were certain rituals for washing that was presented in the Torah. However, along the way, others had been added. Other rituals had been added um, by the early priests, which were then passed along from generation to generation. So all of a sudden, you had these rules of things that you had to do that really weren't necessarily from God. They weren't commandments from God. They were something that that men had added. Um, Honestly, we still see this today. But they had made these happen. And and so what had happened is that they had along the way made this connection with physical cleanliness and spiritual cleanliness. So they kind of connected these two. And this is why Jesus quotes Isaiah when he responds to them in verse 8. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. Their worship of me is empty since they teach instructions that are human rules. How many times do we, as a side note, how many times do we still do this in in the church universal that we have human rules that we expect people to abide by? 
So Jesus decides this is a teachable moment, and he calls the crowd together. He says, come listen and understand. It's not what goes into the mouth that contaminates a person in God's sight. It's what comes out of the mouth that contaminates the person. We then read that Peter speaks up later and asks Jesus for an explanation. And Jesus says, don't you understand yet? Don't you know that everything that goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what goes out of the, goes out of the mouth comes from the heart, and that's what contaminates a person in God's sight. Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adultery, sexual sins, thefts, false testimonies, and insults. These contaminate a person in God's sight. But eating without washing hands doesn't contaminate in God's sight. Kids, don't use this on your parents. It won't work. <laughs> See, it's very easy for us to judge someone by outward appearance because it's lazy. Judging somebody by outward appearance means, you know what, there's something about them that I, I don't, I don't want to have to get to know. So I'm just going to judge their outward appearance and then I won't have to. But it's something that most of us do. And, it, and it's a habit that we have to learn to break. What's in the outside doesn't matter as much as what's in the inside. But along with this, when we judge people from the outside, we also have to recognize our own internal biases towards people who look different than us, who speak different than us, who, you know, whose, whose skin maybe is a different color than ours. We have to be aware of those biases that we carry with us. But in looking at this, can you see the problem that the idea of physical cleanliness relating to spiritual cleanliness might cause to some people. What's this going to say about people who maybe love God, but they're poor and maybe they don't have access to, to the things that they need to be clean or, or people that are diseased or people that are struggling? Maybe there's a physical issue. When you relate phys anything physical to something that's happening on the inside, you're going to come upon problems. Jesus' response today says two things to us. The first is that our words come from the heart. If you know somebody that says they say something mean and then it's like, I'm just kidding. No, you're not. That came from the heart. At the root of all sarcasm is a hint of, the, of truth. But Jesus also goes on to say that our behaviors and our actions come from the heart as well. All of the anger that we are seeing in our world right now, people behaving badly, people speaking out. That's coming from the heart. I don't care whether they quote scripture, whether they claim they're Christian. It's in here that counts. So when you see people in the media or you see video of, of viral videos of people being jerks, I can't say words in church, being jerks, that's coming from in here. And when they say, oh, I didn't mean it, yes, you did. Here's the thing. Brennan Manning said the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today, and he said this years ago, is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. So it doesn't matter how much scripture you post. If you're posting memes that are, that are mean towards other people, one of these is speaking the truth of what's in your heart. So I want to ask you this morning, what do your words and your actions say about what's in your heart? Your conversations with others, how you view and talk about the less fortunate, your attitudes towards people who are different from you, even how you treat people with whom you disagree. 
This includes sharing hateful talking points of your favorite political pundits or politician. What does the things that you say and do speak about what is in your heart? Because we have to be careful that we don't allow anything or anyone in this world to contaminate our hearts. And we are. Because if our hearts belong to Jesus, then his spirit should be influencing what we say and do. We should look more like Jesus than anything or anyone else. But if your words and actions speak to anything other than the love of Christ and anything other than the fruit of the spirit, that means you're not doing what you need to do to take care of your heart. You need spiritual exercise. We should be doing more than just worship on a Sunday morning. We need to be regularly praying and reading our Bible. We need to be involved in giving and service to others. We need to make sure that God's voice is the loudest in our lives and that we afford God as much, if not more time, than we do anything or anyone else. We also need to learn to shut off voices that cause us to behave or talk in a certain way, recognizing the contamination that is happening. Even if we might degree, agree with those voices, those voices that peddle anger, fear, bitterness, and hate towards others, we need to turn those voices off. And we need to replace them with better voices. But after this interaction with the Pharisees, Jesus then goes on and he has this, this, he meets this Canaanite woman on the road as he's traveling. And we find out that she was a Gentile, which basically means just non-Jewish. And you have to remember that the Gentiles and the Jews didn't get along because for a Gentile to be redeemed in the eyes of the Jewish people at this time, the only way for them to be redeemed, to be saved, was to become Jewish. To be, if they were a male, you had to be circumcised. It was for them to convert to Judaism. That's the only way. So they, they despised, the Jews despised the Gentiles because they saw them as unclean, as, as heathens. They saw them as unspiritual. But we read, the woman kept crying out, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon. Now, the, the, Gentile, or the, the disciples encouraged Jesus to send this woman away um, because she was bothering them. You'll notice it said she kept crying out. So it wasn't just... Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely tormented by a demon. She kept crying out. Kind of like when you're in the store with your kids or your grandkids. Come on, mom, can I have it? I really want it. Mom, can I have it? Mom, 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 I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Feed me. You know, it's that. So she was pestering them. She was really persistent. So finally, Jesus answers her and he says, I was only, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came, knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. And he answered, it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus replied to her, woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was healed. I have always struggled with interaction, this interaction. So I'm like, Jesus was kind of snarky. Like, Jesus, you're kind of mean. You called her a dog. Like, Really? And so it might seem like Jesus is insulting this woman. But the Jews often called the Gentiles dogs or, or kuan in Hebrew, which meant wild cur. In this particular instance, I think it means little dogs. See, it was believed that, and this is where our two stories connect, 
It was believed that just being in proximity to a Gentile could make a Jew ritually or ceremonially unclean. Just being in their presence could make them unclean, so they'd have to go wash and do all that. So in his response to the woman, Jesus was reinforcing that at that point in time, because eventually his mission changed. I don't know if we realize that, that eventually Jesus starts with the Jewish people, but then he expands his ministry in his three years to the Gentile people. And he sends the disciples out as well. But he was reinforcing that his mission at this point in time was to the Jewish people. However, he was also teaching the disciples an important lesson, similar to what they've just seen. That is what's on the inside, it counts. It's the faith that counts. This woman's faith was persistent, even as Jesus tested her. So much so that she was humble enough to acknowledge her position and unworthiness to even ask Jesus for anything. So she even just asks for crumbs. And Jesus actually goes on to call her faith great and heals her daughter. I want to leave us today with this thought. Who are the people in our community that we might be tempted to overlook or to write off because of something on the outside? What prejudices do we carry within us that we need to let go of so that we can break down barriers that would keep us from serving who God would have us to serve? Because, see, there is an entire world of people out there that are looking for something. There's an entire world of people out there who have been told they are dirty, they're unwanted, they're unworthy, they're unlovable. There are people who are lost and lonely. There are people who are struggling just to make ends meet and to get through another day. There are people who are depressed and anxious. There are people that just wish someone would see them and care enough to listen. That could be us. We could be those people. We could be that church that genuinely loves the people outside of our doors. We could be that church that looks like Jesus. We could be that church that goes into the community, that serves and loves our community. But in order to do that, we have to put aside our prejudices. In order to do that, we have to make sure that we look like Jesus and that the Jesus we're showing them is a Jesus that they would want to get to know. Let us pray. Dear God, we come to you today. We thank you for the chance to come and worship. We thank you for knowing that Jesus came to save each and every one of us and that he did not discriminate. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.